You're never gonna make it, you're not good enough There's a million other people with the same stuff You really think you're different, man, you must be kidding Think you're gonna hit it, but you just don't get it It's impossible, it's not probable, you're responsible Too many obstacles We are starting Getting Color, I hope everybody is live, baby live I just hope we're broadcasting right now because we are trying something new Hope everybody's doing good, this is the Big Beetle brand Coming to you live, baby live, that's right, we are live And my co-host with the most David Virtue Stalwart. David, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic, Vito. I am sitting here through WWE Fastlane, and I'm so glad we are doing this because it's a much-needed break during this pay-per-view. Exactly. Pay-per-view. Where do you see it? You see it there for $9.99 a month. That's right. $9.99 a month pay-per-view. What do you get here with Big Vito Brand? You get it for a lot less. Now, Virtue, before we start, how was your day today? What did you do this weekend? What was going on with the Virtue brand? All right. So this weekend, I didn't go do any indie shows because I got some of those coming up in the next couple of weeks. So I went out on a date with a girl, yeah. a friend. We with went to see, female. We went to see Captain Marvel. Yes. All right. With, the with female, um, we're not at the point of putting pictures out there on social media yet because uh, trolls, but, uh, you know. I'm way beyond my ex now, so that's good times. That's um, good. That was last night. Today, Sunday, like I usually do, I went and spent some time with my parents. Well, spending time with the parents is always good. Spending time with the family is what you need. Family Sunday, you know, and you know what, people, for everybody out there who doesn't spend time with their family, you know, my parents have been gone for a long time, especially my mother. She died when I was 19, and there's nothing I would give more than anything to have a Sunday with her so she can cook or we can have a rover or do whatever. You know, sometimes that's uh, taken for granted when your parents are alive. But, um, you know, it's like anything else. You know, you get you try to make the best of things. And I know some people think their parents are a pain in the ass, but then you don't think so and when they're gone. And that's when it's too late and you should cherish your parents' existence on this planet. I suggest that for everybody. But getting back to what we're talking about, my black eye has gotten better, guys. I know everybody has been saying they like the sunglasses, they like the beard. The beard is coming back. Matter of fact, it's almost back. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing. You know, I went to, uh, you know, virtual, I was at a personal appearance yesterday, first time in about four years. Yeah, it's been that long, huh? And, it, dude, you look like you didn't miss a beat because I saw those pictures on social media. You and Booker T, you and Enzo. Enzo, right? I finally got to meet Enzo. He was very nice, you know, and uh, we spoke for a little while. I actually told him, I said, well, I said, what a certain company did to you, I thought was, you know, wasn't cool. I says, the time you should have won the titles was when you had that pay-per-view when the Hardys came back because that's when you were at your height. I said, they could have done a lot more with you, and I think you got a raw deal. You know, and uh, I know every, a lot of people out there feel the same way, but, you know, you can only say so much and do so much. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? That happens. And he told me it was a great ride. He had a good time with it. It was fun. So and then a lot of people have been saying the new tag team is Big Vito and Enzo. What do you think about that? Starsky and Hutch, whatever you want to say. Um, I mean, dude, the Godfather you guys could just nail any type of movie. And I hope even if it's an independent filmmaker at that level, get these two guys in a movie together, Enzo and Vito. Money, when I saw that picture, 
I, I was like, I wish I had connections in Hollywood. I think that would be a phenomenal mix. And you know what? Even if we went on a, uh, if we went on a little wrestling tour, we did some wrestling together and did appearances, I think that would be phenomenal. People would go off their seats. I think the people would really enjoy it. It would be the new one-two punch Batman and Robin of wrestling. Dude, I got to talk to John Thorne up here at AIW. I work with UXWA. And like I said, we definitely have something cooking for you in, in November. I'm going to see if that can uh, we can capitalize and piggyback on a couple shows. If you get Enzo in the mix, oh, man, I got we got to figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, we could always see what happens. I think it would be great. I think it would be a fun thing for wrestling and all the people out there. Now, you know, being that I did this, I also – Got to meet Randy Couture yesterday, and I thought that was a great experience. Now, Randy is a he's a former UFC champion, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a former UFC champion. Um, he's a guy I've always watched during the UFC. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, he was one of my favorite fighters. I always liked him and him and his Chuck Liddell fights. And you know, anybody he anytime he was on, you always watch Randy Couture, and. Uh, you know, I brought up the Brock Lesnar there. I said, the guy's a big man. He's a beast. He goes, yeah, he's a big boy. And, uh, you know, I asked him, I said, you fighting anymore? He said, no, I'm happily retired. I said, listen, you need to come back. I said, Feder needs you. He cracked up laughing. Because I'll be honest with you, I would like to see him go to Bellator and fight. Well, dude, I mean, Bellator is kind of like that. I don't, I don't know how to compare it to wrestling. Like maybe like an ECW of ultimate fighting, maybe bigger than that. I mean, I've seen Shamrock. You know, sometimes when their skills aren't at the UFC level anymore, but they're still great fighters. I like Bellator. I mean, what did Jack Swagger win? Was he in Bellator recently? Yes, Jack Swagger. He wanted, yeah, I mean, he just wanted, coming up doing this fight. Put him in there with the, they put him in there with wasn't too – it was like the Batista guy when Batista fought, and they gave him that type of guy. But I think, uh, you know, they had to give him something. They gave him something. Um, now I think he'll go up against a better caliber of people. I think that, you know, if, if a Randy Couture went back to fight in Bellator, I think they would pack the house, and that would probably be one of the biggest paying pay-per-views they could ever have. I agree on that, and uh, I like building off of these these wrestlers. Like um, I know Lashley experienced some Ultimate Fighting. I know before he passed, Sean O'Hare I think did some MMA, I believe, and I I like to see that crossover, Vito. I think it would be fun. I think it would be good, you know. And um, but you know what? Like it's like anything else. If you don't do it every day, you can't turn it on and off. And if you don't do it more than half your life. And you don't have an amateur background. I think that's the hardest transition. Like CM Punk did not have an amateur background. He tried to learn on the fly. And obviously you can't do it. An effort, A for effort on his part. Because I know he tried. He wanted to do something. You know, congratulations. Because not a lot of guys have the balls to go and do it. So you give him kudos for that. But on the same token, you know, you know it's, uh, it's a learning curve for a lot of guys who want to try and do this. I think Punk just like the level he went in at because of his name recognition. You know, he was a pretty big deal in wrestling for a while. Right. The level he went in at in the, the, the skill fighters he went in it was too high for him, too much. I but he, the weird thing, Vito, he drew them money. 
even though he got embarrassed. Well, you know what? He can get embarrassed all one long as they're pulling dollars. They don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's the name of the game, pulling, pulling the big-time dollars. So, I mean, you know, you take it with, like I said, you take it with the good and bad, and, uh, I mean, you roll with it. Now, you know, when you talk about Bellator, you talk about UFC, you talk about crossing over. You know, it's just like when uh, Mayweather and uh, Conor McGregor fought, crossover from McGregor going to boxing. And I'm going to tell you, if McGregor was a more well-rounded boxer, I think he could have lasted the 12 rounds and beaten Mayweather because the first four rounds of that fight, he was in there and he was cracking him with some good shots. Yeah, I, I watched that fight. And what do you think McGregor lacked? I know obviously boxing experience. Was it the stamina that you need as a boxer? It's the endurance and the pace. Yeah. You have to pace yourself. Because remember, UFC, you go five, four-minute rounds, 20 minutes, you're done. You know, in boxing, you go in, you know, 10, three-minute rounds. And that's that's a lot more, you know, that's a lot more to, you know, to, to endure. And you got to pace yourself, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's like anything. It's repetition. You know, if he would have started out with a four-round, there was a four-round fight, hey, he probably would have. He did great. It was a six-rounder. Okay, when you talk about eight, 10, 12, now you're going on to existence that, you know, you're not, you're not used to. Now, interesting you're talking about this uh, ultimate fighting or MMA, Bellator crossover with wrestling. Do you think Conor McGregor could be a good commodity or a great commodity in the world of professional wrestling? And obviously, we do have a lot to talk about with one Ronda Rousey, too. That's why I want to bring this up. Well, I tell you, you know, he probably could do something in wrestling, probably. But on what level would they put him at? Obviously, he's not big enough to be a heavyweight. Obviously. Obviously, he is not. Um, I would think he's a little bit. He might fit in with the 205 guys, but I think he would blow out the division just on his name recognition. Where do you put him on the card? He couldn't fight Cesaro and Sheamus. He wouldn't be a fight for Brock Lesnar. So where do you put him? That's a good point. And um, gosh, Vito, I don't know. I mean, he could come in if he had the adequate training to be able to you know, work matches. It'd be like your Seth Rollinses and your Finn Balor type guys on the main I, roster. It would be, and at that point, he would expose them at that point. You know what I mean? So that would be a tough fit. But you know what I see in Connor Vito? He's a good promo. It reminds me of Enzo. He's good at that sports entertainment stuff. So that's why I guess I'd like as a fan to see that. Um, Ronda Rousey. How do you think, and I know we've talked about her over and over again. Right. You know about her shoot, which some fans are so emotionally invested, they think she really did a shoot. There's no way I believe Vince McMahon would allow her to do that, especially on the big stage of Mania. I believe it was probably in her contract that she couldn't go off script. So to me, this is clearly a work shoot, but I love the heat that this is drawing, and I think it helps Ronda's nerves out. Bro, you got to tell me what you think about this Ronda thing because the internet has been so divided over her shoot promo. I think they're doing her a big justice by letting her do a shoot promo. I think that they're not sugarcoating her because she is raw talent. 
They're bringing her up in the Brock Lesnar mode where Brock really doesn't give a shit about nobody. Brock can take anybody he wants out in the division. And you talk about guys who can really go. Who was there to fight Ronda on a one-on-one level that really could be a legit um, threat to beat her, beat, beat her ass when she talks? I mean, I don't see anybody in there who's got it. I mean, there were a couple girls who did MMA, but I don't know if they would they probably put up a good fight, but I don't know if they beat her. And being that Ronda has a glass jaw because she's been exposed, one good punch and she can go down. That would end Ronda Rousey right there in the WWE. That's true. Now, I like the fact that they added Charlotte to this feud. To me, they didn't add Charlotte. They added Becky. I think when they signed Ronda Rousey, Vince McMahon's plan was Charlotte Ronda for a WrestleMania. That was the plan because Charlotte's bigger girl – She's flair, name recognition. I think Becky got hot, and along the way, she was added in this mix. But, like, to me, are they, like, just crushing Becky's potential breakout session here with the fans by the way they're booking this? I know they're doing the underdog story, but come on. It's like little Timmy from A Christmas Carol, and Vince McMahon is Scrooge because, you know, how she's been hobbling around on that crutch? I, I literally feel like Vince McMahon is telling the Christmas story. We, we're going to see the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future now, too. Now, I was talking to Bill Eady yesterday. We were talking about how guys are brought up and where everybody sits in wrestling. And you guys got to remember, nobody's bigger than the company. And every time they have a talent that is just about to be on the cusp of greatness and be that elite, they yank them back down, they pull them back down by the strings, and they don't let them flourish. I'll give you a prime example in um, uh, Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. That guy was going to be phenomenal. That guy was on on a course to where he could have been the next Undertaker. They should have kept the Wyatt family together. But they pulled the strings. you got Elias right now who only gets so far, and then they yank him back down. Braun Strowman, they totally destroyed. They ruined him. He has no future as a heavyweight champion. He's got not even the U.S. champion, the uh, indie champ, nothing. They, they ruined him completely. And it's disgusting what they did. I mean, what are well, your thoughts on that? All right. So can we agree that Strowman um, lost his luster when he, and you know this more than I do, blew up early in the match against Brock Lesnar? Yes. You, and I think uh, by giving him, I think by them giving him a gimmick or oh, these hands um, and making him have these promos and making him do these silly things. They never did this with Brock. They never did this with anybody else who they were going to push to the top. They never did it with Cena. They never did it with Hogan, right? When they're pushing these guys, they made them serious threats to be elite. They never took Strowman as a serious threat to be elite. They tried it with him. And they saw that he just wasn't ready uh, match-wise, mentality-wise in the business. Not that his work has been has been bad. It just wasn't ready to be that ultra main event, carry the company on my back type of guy. A guy who has that kind of pedigree could be The Miz. And I put The Miz in the same sentence as a Mr. Perfect company-wise. Okay? What's the problem? We ran out of battery in your computer. We ran out of battery in my computer. Okay. So um, 
But when you're talking about these guys, you know, like I put him in the Mr. Perfect thing, but Mr. Perfect was on his run as, you know, perfect, and he had the championship, and he was going after Hogan. He was going to Hogan, going to, and then all of a sudden they yanked him down and didn't make him beat Hogan. That was and right I, about 1990. I remember that. Right. Now, so, like, if you didn't beat Hogan at the height of your career, and then when Bret Hart came around, something different. And Mr. Perfect never became world champion. Nope. He had that intercontinental title. He had a couple runs. And, you know, he did – he was a very good, um, that mid-level champion. And he, he and Bret had that fantastic match. I believe it was at a SummerSlam in Madison Square right. Garden. And, and that's the thing. A lot of times you get that. Your career is just that. You don't get to Vince McMahon's brass ring. And for whatever reason, you know, Vito, who knows why certain wrestlers. And someone in the chat kind of mentioned uh, this was Blowfish, 1987, in the Twitch chat. He said, I don't get why WWE yanks or pulls talents when they're popular. I'm sure he's probably referring to Rusev Day. When that got over, Kofi right now, Becky, I guess Blowfish is saying, why does WWE pull back when the fans want somebody over? Is it because Vince didn't create them being over? Well, Vince made that. Guys don't know. Mia, thank you for the 100 bits. Remember, bits for tits, guys, bits for tits. That's right. If you want to see, some, if you want to see something great on, on the Big Beetle brand during Twitch, remember, bits for tits. You want the dress? We said 10,000. I'll take 7,500 for you to see the dress. Okay. If you want a phone call from Big Vito, we'll take some, we'll take a certain amount of bits. Just throw the bits in, in there. All right. It's coming. It's coming. I'll ask Vito questions for you. All right. Here we go. Now, guys, when you talk about this, Virtue, right? Vince McMahon made the developmental territory back in 2005 because he did not want to use guys from WCW and make his own homegrown talent. He got tired of making uh, WCW and former ECW guys their main event roster guys. If you weren't from the WWF or the WWE to begin with, he did not want to know you. He didn't want to push you because he didn't have to rely on you and then have you go away. That's why developmental was brought up. Then when developmental was brought up, okay, he started the play. He started, you know, Florida Championship Wrestling. Then it went to Deep South. Then it went to Ohio Valley, and that's where the stars came out. And then you had that great stable come out with Batista and Randy Orton and Cena, you know. And uh, I'd be the greatest class out of Ohio Valley Wrestling ever. Right. I mean, it, it is class ever. So that's where he made those stars. But since then, all right, since that class, that phenomenal class that came out, how many guys have come up like that? And been have been superstar elite talent. I, to be honest with you, it feels like they're plucking since that point, Vito. It's been indie guys. It's been Ring of Honor guys, Impact guys, wrestlers that go through FCW now NXT. It seems like that's how they're trying to manufacture their stars. And you know what? It doesn't seem like we're getting those mega star power like. We had with Brock, Batista, Orton, Cena. Right. And now you're talking like you got see now, like we got a match on TV right now. We got uh, Daniel Bryan in there with uh, Mustafa Ali and I think Kevin Owens, right? Oh, they and, put Mustafa Ali in that match. <laughs> yeah. So like you have 
And that's because they don't want to beat Kevin Owens, and I'm saying it now, okay? Ali's in there to take the fall. Kevin Owens, they put the fall guy, Mustafa Ali. He's going to put a good show on. He's going to elevate his work. That's hanging with the main event guys. But will he be main event? No. Will he be 205 live champ? Probably. But, you know, they got to try and protect what they have. When you talk about Daniel Bryan now, as compared to before, Daniel Bryan is not the elite status as he was. He has come down the rings, and he is now in the B class with Kevin Owens and a bunch of the other guys. The New Day, right? They say, you know, the New Day has trickled down, and they're, I mean, they weren't elite, but they were B++ to almost be A players, but they weren't that superstar thing. They've had a good run, a good two-year run of what you've been doing. But when you talk about Nakamura and Bobby Roode and uh, uh, Samoa Joe and all these guys, they all came from other companies. They're mixed in together where they're interchangeable, where you're keeping them worthy. I mean, the only guy I could see uh, on SmackDown, really, you got Shane McMahon, and he's been in that prime time spot, but he is an A player. You got The Miz when he was world champion was an A player. But how many guys could be world champion out of that group and be mainstream guys? Go ahead. Tell me. Well, guess what? Not many. I mean, I would literally have to write all their names down, and I bet you I could write down 40, 50 names from their roster and probably put less than five over in another column of top headliners. And that's and not it's not discounting Randy Orton. Believe me, I did not you – know, yeah. I'm not saying Randy Orton is not – Randy Orton is an A-play, but he's been there. He's done it with the best. He broke in with Batista. He broke in with Triple H and Flair and a young Randy Orton creating evolution and that's where we got to start and that's where he learned how to be a champion and learn how to be a world-class athlete so i mean you give him that pedigree but like on this level now there's nobody for him to mix with and the one time they put him with brock you saw what happened whether it was a mishap or misunderstanding in the ring yeah you know some people say we should shoot somebody say it was on purpose somebody was premeditated uh-uh that shit was legit as balls and it happened, guys. Practice it with something. Well, look, we're talking about stars in WWE. Triple H continually had a big match in every WrestleMania. He's now bringing Batista in to wrestle against. Brock is still the Universal Champion. Look who they're still featuring. It's the big guys. But well, you're missing it. But virtue, they don't have anybody to put in those spots. That's why the old guys have to be in there to draw money. I'm guaranteeing you Undertaker's going to have a match at, at WrestleMania because they need that star power. Triple H is going to have a match at, at Mania because they don't have anybody else. I've been Shawn Michaels. He had a match on pay-per-view because they were lacking. They, they brought back Kane because they were lacking. They brought back everybody, thanks for the cheers. Everybody, they're doing these things because they don't have enough star power. If you bring him back, um, uh, uh, Batista, okay? Yep. The reason they brought back Batista, they don't want him to go to AEW. They just let Jim Ross go, but he's going to AEW. There are certain people they're letting go and certain people they're going to keep. Now, you look at the, the guys who they um, – um, Gallows and Anderson, right? They asked for their releases or they are not renewing their contracts because they weren't used right. So what are they doing? They're prolonging their existence. Now they're offering them multi-million dollar contracts 
just to keep them from going to all elite wrestling because they're going to blow up and they're going to bring back the Bullet Club. They're going to bring back what they were in Japan. They're going to be used correctly. And then what's going to happen? WWE is going to look like a bunch of jackasses because they couldn't utilize these guys. All right, I agree with you. And guess what? We got a question, Vito. Go ahead. XW4RDX is asking in the Twitch chat, who's the last big money draw that they've made? Um, I kind of have an idea. You want me to go first or go you? All right, so in my opinion, Roman Reigns, but not at the extent of John Cena. Roman is the biggest star they've made just by force pushing him. I, I've been to WrestleMania. I've seen his fan access lines. All the hate he's gotten, he still makes Vince money. But it's not his star power in this era is not as big as like Cena's was or as big as Rock and Austin was. It's different. So I would say my answer is Roman, even though it's not at the level of how the past big stars drew. What's your take on this? I think you're right because, you know, as much as they didn't want Reigns to be that guy and they had no other choice, but they had to pick somebody to, you know, have somebody there. Okay, so Roman Reigns was it. Now, a lot of people shit on Roman Reigns. A lot of people said they were shoving him down the throat. A lot of people like, but, you know, remember, Roman Reigns was learning on the job. And when they had him go with Cena, and Cena made that famous line, I do this better part-time than you do full-time. You're going to have to learn this job eventually. So throw out the script and throw it my way. If you guys remember that, that's exactly what happened. And I think it might take Ro – I think Roman now is experiencing that. I think he listened to what he told him. And I think we will get a more provocative – not provocative, but what's the word I'm looking for? Um, captivating. Roman Reigns, the latter part of his career. And I think that will pin on what John Cena told him. I, I, we, we, he might not reach that all-time level like some of these other guys, but right. clearly, he to me, he's the last made star. They Since him, nobody can draw a dime. That's my opinion. What do you think about Shane tonight? Did you see that turning on The Miz in Cleveland? Remember we talked about that? I wasn't sure if they were going to keep him together. And then when I said, you know what, if they do break him up, everyone would say, well, Miz is going to turn on Shane. And then I was like, ah, maybe. Maybe Shane will do it because it's McMahon turning heel for WrestleMania. Did you see that today? I did not see it. I, I read about it, but I think it was one of the best. One of the, It's going to be one of the better programs they have at Mania. And Shane McMahon being a heel, he is one of the best heels because he was with the authority. And before the authority, was with the Vince. When Vince was on air TV talent and the McMahons were running wild during the Austin, the Angle, the Taker, uh, the Rock days. So I, I know like Shane McMahon can carry the ball. I've said this all along that Shane McMahon as a wrestler is probably one of the best wrestlers in the business. Yeah, he's one of the best characters in the business. It's just that he doesn't he didn't do it full time. Him doing it part time and doing it better than everybody else. I think he's a he's an A-lister who's gonna bring a plus program to WrestleMania. For the Miz, I think it gives somebody for him to elevate with for a potential title run to overtake Daniel Bryan as heel and for them to put their title back on Miz and the Miz could run wild and be the big baby face that he is. I agree. And if you if you missed it, Vito, they actually have Miz. He had a I Love Cleveland shirt or something like that. It was Brown's colors. They actually did play this angle very well tonight, and it was the hot open. So to me, that was the, the highlight of the show. Uh, and then, they, of course, they, they lost the match. And then 
Miz went over and, you know, consulted with his father sitting front row. And then out of nowhere, Shane hit Miz in the back. It was well done. I love a lot of people think that McMahon's are always in the spotlight. Well, I think there's a reason for that. We have two questions. Go ahead. With so many promotions these days, it almost feels like the old regional territory days. With this in mind, is there still room to develop original characters as opposed to just overlapping with talent? And then the next question is, do you think Miz and Shane should be in a gimmick match? Okay, I'm going to answer the question number two. Shane and Miz in a gimmick match, I think the match itself will be good. Getting back to what Virtue said, I just think that the McMahons draw money. The McMahon, the WWF, the WWE needs the McMahons. They need a McMahon star power match because that's what they have to draw now. When it's not, when it's the rest of the year, you don't see them too much. But then, as soon as the big time matches come, the McMahons are always there to draw money. Same thing with Stephanie. I, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one to tell you guys. Okay. I'm going to say it like this, and I said this when uh, Stephanie McMahon fought uh, one of the Bellas. That was a hell of a match, and Stephanie can wrestle. And when she's in there on a regular basis, she can go, and she knows what she's doing in that. I would love to see a, uh, a Rousey, Stephanie McMahon, main event, pay-per-view match. Dude, so you answered the Shane and Miz gimmick match. Well, I don't need to say that. Um, the other one was – they wanted to know if WWE still has room to develop their own original gimmicks and characters with the overlap of indies and all these promotions. That's hard to say because look what they do with the Bobby Roods and stuff like that that they bring in. Yeah, but you see, but what they're doing is, okay, and what people are missing the point of this question is the WWE with their developmental territory of NXT, they are running it like an indie when these guys are doing their gimmicks, they are doing their gimmicks to indie level. When they come up to the main roster, you notice their gimmicks all change for WWE TV. They're not giving the time. They're not letting them do their gimmicks. That's why the luster of NXT disappears because they have to conform to the WWE way of doing things. I've said this time and time again. NXT should get its own channel, go on USA, go on Fox, go on something. Let us be its own TV program and rotate the talent back and forth throughout the night, throughout the months and let fresh talent come in, let the old talent go back to NXT, and then you have a rotation. If you have a rotation, I think this would be the best thing going and you'd have fresh talent, fresh gimmicks, fresh everything. Yeah, and it wouldn't feel like they're rookies. You know what I mean? If they treat NXT as developmental, and then all of a sudden you see Ciampa, Gargano, Aleister Black, Ricochet on the main roster beating main roster people, it's like our, it's, they're basically saying our developmental is better than our main roster. So I like your – I wrote about that a couple of years ago. Vito, that NXT needs to be its own brand, its own show, and take the moniker of developmental away. Because I think that hurts it. Yeah, but you gotta, guys, I just think that when you're trying to develop the talent and you're trying to develop these people, you know, now you got Ricochet and you got Alistair Black in there, but 
when you take away all the flips and all the stuff that they do in the ring, are they a presence? Does Ricochet look at, look like anything special? Is Alistair Black? Right now you got Rowan in the ring. Bigger than life, biggest man, not anything special work-wise, but he looks like something. When you stick Ricochet with uh, Mustafa Ali, the Revival, and all the other guys in there, they all gender together. They, nobody stands out. Bobby Roode doesn't stand out. The other kid, doesn't. Gable, doesn't stand out. Gable would be the best 205 wrestler they have. I would love to see him go there. I would love to see Daniel Bryan in 205 Live. I would love to see them put on elite matches on, on the cruiserweights because I think that would be best suited. I think that when you've got guys like you know, Rowan, and you got Harper, and you got these big guys sitting on the sidelines not doing anything. Bray Wyatt? Yeah. I think that, that you know, Bray Wyatt sitting there on the sidelines. What are you doing sitting home? He should be on the main roster. I don't know if it's a punishment over the JoJo thing because of all the uh, allegations that came out, you know, and you just don't know. You know, Naomi's star, you know, that is fun. The Usos got the title back, but they're not on TV in a prominent role like they were. They're trying to keep them on the mainstream level, but on a low-key low key atmosphere, not pushing them down people's throats. They're fighting the social media. Talking about social media, you got Nia Jack. Nia Jack coming out today and saying, you know, talking about health reasons and Dave Meltzer and what he's doing and what's going on. Dave Meltzer should mind his business. He doesn't know everything that's going on. How do you know what to talk about about things? Nia Jack was right for saying that, that people should mind their business when it comes to people's personal lives. You know, that would be like saying, you know, virtue is um, going out on dates with uh, other socialites of, uh, of the social media just so he can build up his booking, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I believe Meltzer was saying he knew exactly what Roman Reigns – uh, leukemia treatment was and it's like seriously like you get that dirt's going around there's no way I think that's what Nia reacted to um on him on Twitter I mean come on man why, why would anybody say that like just leave it alone because people don't I mean people it's just like okay I post positive things on TV I come on this show getting color I talk about the truth. I don't make things up. I give my honest opinion on how it is. People respect that. You never hear me speculate, make fun of people, say stupid things about the wrestling business because that's not what I'm, that's not what this is about. And I'm not trying to draw the fan to go buy my subscription. You want to buy my subscription? Thank you very much. You don't want to buy my subscription? Don't buy it. What am I going to tell you? You want to listen to this stuff? Hey, great. You don't want to listen to it, but listen to something else. But bottom line is that it's not a BS thing. This is not a BS brand. This is not a BS broadcast. This is something that people actually like to listen to. These are things that people are interested in. We talk about cover a bunch of different things. That's why this is the Big Vito brand, and that's why we bring this to you. This isn't the Meltzer product where it has been, it has been noted, dotted, not speculated, but proven that there was a lot of bullshit that goes up on that site. Uh, and yeah. you dealt with it too, haven't you, Virgin? Dude, and I really believe, you know, 
I could, I'll speculate this, that WWE purposely makes sure they have people to feed Meltzer in the dirt sheets what they want them to report on for extra hype. But at the same time, I think those same moles work a lot of this stuff. Because if you've noticed anything that like these dirt sheets report, they're lucky if they're 30% right. So I think WWE plays them a little bit, to be honest with you. Because think about it. If, if, if Vince McMahon's secrets are getting revealed all the time, wouldn't he like put some type of stop to that backstage? But it's been going on for 20 years or longer. 30 years plus. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think it's as much as Vince paying the guys. I just think it's guys who have want to give the leaks to the friggin' dirt sheet guys just to cause a stir. Because we're all a bunch of stooges. It's the truth. You got a bunch of jock sniffers there. You know, you look at guys who are yes guys and guys are, oh, brother, this is great, brother. I've never been a wrestler here. What man, it's so good to be here. I can't believe I'm living my dreams. I'm wrestling. I'm with the WWE. Not in the capacity that you want because you weren't good enough. And you're only there in that capacity because you don't want to get a regular job. And you're sitting there at a job that you like to do. You're a mark. Because you're there marking out and saying, yes, Vince, can't believe it, Triple H. How's it going, Steph? What's up, Bruce? What's happening, JR? How's it going, everybody? You know, great to be here. Let's go to the buffet and the catering. Kiss an ass, man. You don't think that pisses Vince off, though? Like, he has to know some of his stuff is getting leaked. And you, you don't think, like, he's out there trying to find who these moles are in the back? Do you – do you, okay, guys, I'm going to say it like this, Okay. Vince McMahon is like Vito LaGrasso. He's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman, okay? Yep. He runs a business, and he takes care of the top stuff. Do you actually think he worries about the little minority, minute, miscule stuff that happens underneath him? No. Okay, so that's fair. Your assessment is that Vince is not a micromanager. No. Okay. He has everybody else there who he pays handsomely to watch the Big Vito brand, watch what Big Vito does, watch what Vince Russo does, watch the Russo brand, watch the Virtue brand, watch this brand, watch that. They are at, they do pay guys to watch and see what people are on the internet saying. This is fact. Howard Finkel used to be in charge of this stuff. That was his job for years. Find out what's going on on the internet. I want to know. Give a report at the end of the week. That's what their jobs are. Yeah. So that, that, I guess that's good to know. And I guess if anything was critical, somehow it would make its way back to Vince, you know, if they felt that he needed to know. But he, again, probably doesn't care about that stuff because he's looking how to make the bucks, how to get Roman over, how to get Charlotte over, bring in Ronda Rousey, re-sign Brock Lesnar. That makes sense. I'm telling you, but that's the way he gets his news because he gets his, he gets his reports. If you think he sits there and waits for Meltzer to post something so he can get pissed off, you're absolutely out of your mind. Yep. Absolutely. Oh. Do you think he worries about Cody Rhodes and all the other guys are doing what the elite, the all elite is doing? Okay. Yeah, out of your mind. Oh, did they, did they sell out a 12? Yeah, they sold out another building. Congratulations. They're doing their second show. Kudos to you guys. Are they going to be able to do it on a regular basis? Are they going to be able to get a TV deal? Are they going to be able to establish a product 
that is going to be worthy enough to be their own brand, not compete, but be an alternative to other wrestling companies. Yeah, I agree. Now, what would you do? I, I'm going to put you on the spot, Vito, right now. If you got a call, and we'll, we'll say, I don't know what your role would be. A manager, a producer for matches, WWE and AEW both call you. Right. Offer One offers you, they both offer you the same money, right? $500,000, a million bucks to come back for two years to be an agent. You stay home doing what you're doing, or do you pick which one? I think people want to know where Big Vito would go if he had the choice. Maybe you wouldn't want to even do it. Whew. Tough question. Got to, man. It was on my mind. <laughs> All right. You I'm can gonna... reserve that. If you want to answer that next week on Getting Color. No, I'm going to answer it right ready. now. You asked okay. the question. I'm not going to think about it because I already know what the answer would be. Okay. Okay. In every instance, I always wanted to use my wrestling knowledge and my background because I learned the business the correct way. I learned psychology. I know what's right and I know what's wrong. I know how to I know how to age in a match. I know how to work the scenes from behind. Given my experience being that I've been a major league player, being that I've been there and done that, I could I could help educate and teach and guide all the wrestlers today on how to be WWE or AEW superstars, being because I have that pedigree of having the experience of doing it on the live stage and I have the experience of sharing the knowledge. Now, would I like to do it on AEW or WWE? It's a hard question to ask because in AEW, okay, they don't have a product and they've done one show. So it's kind of hard to say, I'm going to go here not knowing what's going to be. But if you're asking me, would I go to the second company, the WWE, to, um, for them to uh, let me teach my craft, I would pick the WWE because it's a chance at an established company to work you know, teaching the world's elite talent. And that's what you that's where my specialty would lie in helping, you know, create and elevate the talent that the WWE has. Now, if you're telling me would I be a manager or would I work backstage, I think I would be a great manager. I also think I would be a good backstage agent or working in creative. Because the things I see and the things that maybe are not perceived on TV from the office standpoint can be, you know, can help in a lot of ways. But in a lot of ways, I understand where their concept is coming from because they have one formula that has worked for 150 years. And they're going to stick to that formula. What Vince says goes, no matter how many great ideas you come up with, you can give reasons he will critique your reason. He will give you some points on how to, you know, better your idea. That will use it to some capacity, but not to the full capacity because they want to put their critique on it. So, would I work for one or the other? I would. I would take my. I would take my ball and go to the established company. That's where I would go. I like that answer. And then instead of, to me, instead of seeing Fit Finley out there letting Becky into the Royal Rumble, 
or Adam Pierce standing in a suit, we would see big Vito LaGrasso in that spot. I'm all for that, man. If I came running out there and I was being an agent, and now you're adding some legitimacy. Okay, so now, all right, Vito's back there. Wow, he's coming out. You know, if I came out and I managed, I, we were talking about Enzo Amore on the thing, right? And I finally met Enzo. I thought he was very nice. Um, we spoke. We had a picture. We did stuff. And for the amount of for the amount of buzz that Enzo and I created on one picture, if I came back as Enzo's manager or Enzo's uh, consigliere, right, or I was his mob boss, do you know how great that would be, and how wonderful of a, an experience that would be to do something with a guy who knows how to be a mouthpiece? Maybe he's not the best wrestler in the world, but me being a henchman out there, helping him along because that's what a manager does, helps the talent along, cheat to win, never win clean, always a helping hand. You see it all the time, and I think that kind of um, thinking and uh, philosophy and psychology has been lost in the art of wrestling. And I think we need a cheating manager to help the town along. Me being with Enzo, it's just the same thing with me being with Nunzio. When Nunzio won his first Cruiserweight title, did he win clean? Big Vito came walking down and helped him out. Big Vito was always there to bail him out of stuff. Same thing with Enzo. Enzo, maybe, maybe Nunzio is definitely a better wrestler than, than Enzo. That he is. But when you talk about being a heel and having a win, if I was if I was in Enzo's corner, that would be a great thing. And then Enzo can get on the mic and do all of his stuff and do his do his mic work, but he always got me taking his back. I ain't gotta hit nobody. I ain't gotta touch nobody. It's just my presence being out there. And if something you know fell out of my pocket once in a while, I mean, oh, things happen. Money. I'd be all you getting me choked up thinking about that on TV because that's compelling television, damn it. Sports entertainment. Gosh, you know what I mean? But Not that hard. The resources are out there, Vito. The resources are out there. And if I had the chance to do something like that, I would. Because I love I you know, like everybody says, you know, I love wrestling. I've been I've been doing it more than half my life. I've been in the business, you know what I mean? And I think that, you know. For me to do something I love and to, be, to enhance it more, I think is a great thing. Twitch questions. I'm going to actually give this Tony Sav 17 uh, a shout out here. He said, Vito, why did you block me on Facebook? Then he said, love you either way, Italians for life. So you want to address that really quick before I ask the next question? I don't know why I blocked you on Facebook. Did you say something stupid to me or my wife? Next question. All right. This is from I am CHM 911. Hey, Vito. Me and my wife bought the church last night, bro. You did a fantastic job. So go ahead and tell us about the church. I watched it. I love cheesy horror movies, Vito. I ain't going to lie. That's what it was. I'm not going to – when I gave you the rating on it, not you, but the movie in general, I'm not going to go give a movie five out of five, four out of four. I gave you guys a three out of five. Awesome. I want, I want a copy for my collection, autographed. It's one of those come every October. I'm going to watch it. So that three out of five is the best B grade you could ever get. But I had to be honest with my grade, Vito, and I'll tell you what. You weren't in it enough or I would have gave it a higher score. Well, here's the thing, guys. You know, being a three out of five, that's what that thought it was. 
I mean, if me sitting here and telling you guys it was a five out of five, it was five star, maybe a six. Well, better yet, it was a seven. Was starting a new chart? No, definitely not. Was it a three out of five? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I get, and, I, and I'm honest with things. You know what I mean? I'm not going to bullshit people. I'm not going to sit here and go, "Hey, it was this. It was bad. It was what?" Guys, it was a three out of five. It was a horror flick. It was a good one. It might. It, it was some. It was something different. Enjoy it, guys. Bill Mosley was in it. Chop Top from Texas Chainsaw 2. Um, Otis Driftwood from the Devil's Rejects movie. So, yeah, he was in that movie with Vito. And um, Ron Howard's brother was in the movie. Exactly. And the girl from Nightmare on Elm Street 4 or 5. Lisa Wilcox. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those... Like indie horror movies, like I said, every October it's worth a watch. And guys, it was worth it. It was fun. I did I did it. I had enjoyed it. It was supposed to be a sequel. I'm looking forward to doing it. Okay. You know, Virtue, it's about that time. We covered a lot of stuff. Now, if you can give us your plugs, I'd greatly appreciate it. Yep. And I keep it easy for everybody. Follow me on Twitter at no DQ underscore virtue. You will see all the stuff I post there. And trust me, there's a lot. All right. Catch the Big Vito Brand at uh, thebigvitobrand.com. Guys, press the button on Twitch. Subscribe. Subscribers, I'm glad everybody's enjoying Twitch. I am having a great time with Twitch. Noelle's enjoying it. Virtue's definitely pushing it. Um, it's on the Vince Russo brand. It's on Jeff Lane's brand. It's on everybody's land. We're all piggybacking. We're all helping each other out. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, I want to thank everybody for another great segment of Getting Color. Catch us next week. We are coming to you live. And just remember, people, Big Vito is taking bookings again. Big Vito is taking bookings again. It was great to be at the convention yesterday. People from all over the world came. People all over the country inboxed me. I thought it was phenomenal to be back. Everybody showed the love. I want to thank everybody for, for having me. And right now, Big Vito is on the comeback tour. Well, you can't really say comeback tour because I never really left. I'm back taking bookings, guys. Everybody, peace out. I hope everybody has a great night. Twitches, everybody. Mm -hmm.